Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's really nice. That's really, really nice. You give me the spinning ball of death, and then you come on really fast. Hey, yeah, how about this? You are now about to witness the awesome, crushing, a might free Super Bowl of the U, a gene. S. Robinson. Ah, got me by surprise. Show. Stop it! Welcome, my friends. To a show that seemingly never ends. The two zero three. Oh, I can tell, Mister Is. You got the. This won't happen again. The football won't be yanked out again. Football. Ah, the terrible sport of football, making us go early today. Because I know you want to get in front of your TV with the Doritos chips. So let's have Bob Riley sing us in as he has every day, every week since 2007. Stigmata intro. All of nothing. The record called it a just. Ah, I'm like Mr. Rogers with the jacket. Ah, still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California. Where they hit your car with a hammer, shoot your death in a nightclub, and run your mayor pro tem out of town. <laughs> Sing it, Bob. Yeah. I'm afraid to touch anything now. I know my head is going to cut off, but I don't want to touch the computer. Nothing. <laughs> Homemade mozzarella sticks. You know what you need? Some fried slim jims. Round that out. But I could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being payback is for always nothing. All right. Incidentally, is what you pay for this show. Uh, okay. So uh, let's get to uh, Mr. Vegas himself. RG, thank you for the 50. I don't know what warranted, but uh, I appreciate it. Speaking of which, Pinko, P-I-N-K-O, 95014 at yahoo.com is the PayPal address. Patreon.com slash the stomper is how you pay by Patreon. Uh, uh, Eugene-Robinson-28, I think it's Cash App, and Planet Oxbo, O-X, capital O, Capital P, planet, capital O, ox, capital B for Bo is uh, 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 Cash App. Cash App at Venmo, I get them confused. Uh, you know, uh, sorry, baby steps for me. This is V2, a zero, a three of the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper. And um, you read your Substack, so you might know where I'm going with this just a little bit. Just a little bit, just a little bit of your love. I can't sing that, right? Is it covered under fair use? Anyway, last week, this well, we went through the sandbag incident, and then we hurt my back, 
and me like saying, you know what? This is it. I don't have time to play around. I'm like Willie Loman, like death of a salesman. Attention must be paid. I can't be sitting out. The number of days that I've had to do jujitsu is, is, is now dwarfed by the number of days that I have left to do jujitsu. I got to train no matter what. Got to train. So I've been limping in. I got the back pain. You saw me with the shepherd's crook. I'm using the shepherd's crook. And uh, your whole spine, things are... First, it's the upper back. Then it's the bags of sand. And some, some woman at jiu goes, what do you, you hurt your back from lifting a 50-pound bag of sand? I go, I got six of them. She goes, what kind of palatial sandbox do you have for your kid that you need six, six bags, of, six 50-pound bags of sand? I go, I don't know. It's big. You know, the kid, you want to spoil the kid. Why do you spoil you? I said, what are you, one of those mothers, you get six grains of sand? You want them to grow up tough? Give the kids six bags of sand, 50, what is that? Six, uh, 300 pounds of sand. That's where our back hurts. Went down to do a, a squat, as Marty G said, poorly last Sunday. Boom, out for the count. And now I understand people who have these chronic terminal illnesses, I understand their thinking. Because when you're in the midst of that, what do you think? Well, you think, you know what? I can't remember a time when I wasn't like this. You know what? If my future is like this, I don't even have a future. Can we just stop now? And all of a sudden, oh, what happened? Where am I? All of a sudden, guns start to whisper to you. Oh, shit. Am I gone? No, I'm back. All right. Sorry. All right. I, cl- I t- clicked the thing, and then I was- all of a sudden, those those guns start to whisper to you, and all that stuff about not living anymore makes sense. It's like, when is my back ever going to get better? When is my back? So, you know, my back bit by bit. And I just say this in a prelude to say I've taken a very powerful pill that should make my back feel better. And I took it about 20 minutes ago. So if the show goes off the rails a little bit, I beg for your indulgence. I'm kidding. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Leave me alone. Go ahead. Walk away. Walk away like you always do. So um, so apropos of the guns whispering, you know February 18th, which is this week, everybody's focused on Valentine's Day. That's all well and good. February 18th, four days after Valentine's Day, four days after you've already blown it on Valentine's Day, uh, the the, uh, uh, Boonwell record will be available open for sale from Profound Lore Records in the U.S., Canada, and most of the world, and La Tempesta in Italy. And uh, I chose to put a 44 Magnum on the cover. The most powerful handgun in the world. And it could blow your head clean off, and you gotta ask yourself one question. You feel lucky, punk? It was a no brainer for me. The record is called Killers Like Us. Really simple. Killers Like Us. Or Killers Like Us. Or Killers Like Us. Or yeah, Killers Like Us. Say it any way you want. It seemed to be the cover The Bullets Outside the Gun. Are the bullets gonna go in? Are the bullets going to come out? Well, you know, are, are they going to go in to come out or are they going to come out to go in? You know, 
I will get to the fights in a second. You guys keep chattering on the, on the, on those lines, but you know what I mean. So, uh, um, so I put it on the cover, put it on the kitchen table. Wife took a picture of it. Bob boom. First pushback of the rest of the band in Italy. They're like, ah, we don't know if we really like the cover. I'm like, oh, hey. Ooh. It was like in a clockwork orange. We want to talk to you about the new way. The new way. Now, based on the lyrics and the name of the record, what do you want? To, well, we kind of figured kind of what you did before. That's the kiss of death. Telling me anything that we did before that to an artist, that's the kiss of death. Before, if you wanted to think that that was done before, why even bother doing the new one? Just do that thing that was done before. Just reprint the other fucking thing with the same cover. Nah, it's got to be this one. I didn't think anything of it. I get interviewed by this guy in Poland. Guy starts throwing shade about the gun. I told you about this last week, but I've been thinking about it all week. You know? And I got got some grief from the wife. Like, what is it with you Americans and with guns? It's like, you don't you understand? How do I? I mean, and so it's a meditation on the nature of gun. I'm drawing a little bit of heat because of the gun. And she said something pretty, pretty precious. She goes, you know, there are a lot of guns in Poland in September of 1939. Take a drink because it's coming. And the Nazis just rolled in. And I go, this is not actually not an anti-gun argument because you just didn't have enough guns. If you had more guns, eh, maybe things would have been different. She's like, no, no. And I go, no, 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 I'm willing to allow. And so the whole piece is a meditation on, I mean, look, 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 20 kids, six-year-olds get shot to death in Sandy Hook. Wish it wasn't so. It was so, but it does seem like an argument in favor of more people having guns. That's the first thing I would do if my six-year-old got shot. And start enacting revenge on the, the entire world. Yeah, because the piss party is in charge in Poland right now, and they're distinctly kind of uh, a, a government that's very much closely aligned with the American right. Uh, they've done so in the Czech Republic. They have, like, Second Amendment laws there. And so far, it doesn't matter. The reality of it is, in any other country but America, the stew is not nearly as toxic. Anyway, it's a meditation on the, on the, the I'm talking specifically about the substack, a meditation on the nature of, I didn't have them, but I wish I had <laughs> Me, yes, you, no. It's not so much that I don't trust you, but it's sort of that I don't trust you. You know, you got to have something to, you got, you know, you got to, <laughs> like the guy said in that movie, what is that, kid? That's an edge. You got something that the other guy don't got. But what about when the other guy got what you got? What do you have there? <laughs> have an abattoir. Look it up. In any case, I went into this weekend feeling super positive, Super Bowl aside. I mean, I didn't really need to see Israel and Saya and Robert Whitaker too, but I understood how MMA law works, and this is pretty much a law of the MMA jungle. It's like poker. You can't push back from the table with a you can't push back from the table after you start taking everybody's money. That's not you can't do that. That's bad form. Gotta give the guy a chance to get back up on the horse. 
You got you don't maybe if the guy's been a prick to you, you don't do it soon. You do it later. You make him swing a bit. Moreno's going through that now with Davy Figs. Davy Figs going like, uh, uh-uh, yeah, I wasn't your first. Okay, yeah, let's see when I feel like it. That's the head that wears the crown. That makes that decision. But ultimately, you know, it, unless he's going to do some crazy thing like bump up. But you understand what happened with Izzy last night? Mr. Iz in the Twitter machine was taking it out on, on Izzy. And I don't have to, I don't necessarily blame him. I I, I, I don't blame him, but it's also not his fault. No, no, wait, hold on, that's the other one. Let me get it. I don't not blame him, but it's also not his fault. It's something that we call, let's call it the crime drone. We've seen them all go through, going as far back as GSP. GSP, Johnny Boney, Joni, and now Izzy. You, you, your, your objective, once you, once that, your, your head is the head that wears that crown, is to open that door just enough so you can win that fight. You don't have to fight to get the belt. You have to fight to keep the belt, which means you just have to do incrementally better than the guy who's trying to take it. Look at it like it's a foot race. To win that foot race, I don't have to be 200 yards ahead of you and leave you exhausted on the track. I just have to be milliseconds ahead of you. What do my future competitors see? Nothing. And if you haven't figured this out about the African fighters, they're educable. Going back to Czech Congo, weak on the ground, wait a year. Suddenly dude's, a, I mean, he's not a, you know, a ground shark, but you know what I mean. Izzy, same thing. How did Francis Ngannou win his last fight? Same thing. Understood at heart the basics of mixed martial arts. And it's not just African fighters, you know, who are multicultural, multilingual, products of adaptability a guy like Derek Lewis has learned a few things as well exactly so um so you know there it's happened too often to not be a thing and it's not a thing that happens divorced from real world circumstance it's not like everybody gets it they get so terrified that they will i'm not gonna go in that cave i don't want no 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 no. it's an ai thing i don't mean artificial intelligence i mean alan iverson it's like why bother why bother practice i don't have to however we've seen the perils of that a guy walks in cheered wins, and leaves booed. To whom much is given, much is expected. You know? They, you, you realize there was a dip. There was a dip with, with GSP. He had to leave. His last fight before he left was exciting. His one fight that he had when he came back was exciting. But all those in that in the interregnum between when he got the belt and then they had that were, were, were washes. That led to the great line. Ah, there he is. That led to the great line that uh, they became up with Nick Diaz. Like, if you think laying on your problems for 25 minutes is a solution, go ahead. There he is. Go ahead. You you go and do that. And the reason why most of you are here right now is because you click that little button down below that notifies you. That's what I'm guessing. 
So, uh, yeah, and I'm going to get to that as well. Um, You know, look, maybe if you delay the news that Izzy has become a company man. Keep in mind, he wasn't made a company man because this is chess. This is tri-level chess. Tri-level chess. So you throw a few more sausages on the plate of Izzy, and Izzy was like, yeah, I'm be." And we talk about it, we should talk about it. He's like, he's set for life. You'll never have to worry again. He's a better, better, bing, better, better, bang. And then people, those those casual stands who are out there thinking like, ah, you know, maybe, is there something to this about fighters not getting paid? Izzy's being taken care of. Izzy's barreled over peanuts because whatever he was paid last night, maybe was it, was it, I mean, do you, okay. I don't want to do a, a, a apples to apples comparison with boxing. I don't want to do that. That's true. JB is right about that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. However, the reality of it is if, if there's such a good deal, and everybody's happy, and everybody's they are not Izzy. Let's talk about the money. Let's talk about how. And you won't do that. You won't do that because Jake Paul's like, Izzy got seven mil for a fight. Half of that came from pay-per-view, like Martin Eden, work already done. Pay-per-view points, is that what happened? Is what you're trying to tell us? And what he signs away for are total rights. You could put him in a video game. You could do anything you want. He, you, you attach his salary if he's doing TV commercials down under, whatever. Is that, that's the good deal? Somebody actually talked. I don't know if you've ever gotten a contract from somebody where they don't expect you to read it and you read it. I've gotten several contracts like that one. Most recently from NBC Universal. Want to sign me to an exclusive deal to do an Aussie participate in the Make documentary, along with the New York Times. Uh, served well by having an ex-wife who's a lawyer. I'm reading this thing, and I'm going like, this says nothing about me. If you guys can get the, the documentary made without me, more power to you. I'm going to sign on to the film, guys, because I, I like feature films better. <laughs> because you can suggest stuff that, that I couldn't say in the documentary in a way that lets people know what the deal is. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so Izzy gets money that makes Izzy happy. The, the amount of money that would be is very different from the amount of money that would make me happy now, even given the reduced amount of time I have left on this planet. And Izzy's first fucking commentary, you know, the ink dries on the paper. He does... Hit the table, scissors make a noise. Hit the table, the scissors make a noise. And what happens? Ah, hold Joe Gain. Ah, he's all right. You leave him alone. <laughs> like I said on the show, I don't give a fuck about Ho Joe. Not about Ho Joe Gain. That's all weed shit to me. <laughs> that shit in the weeds. You know? I'm talking about the puppet masters. I'm talking about people who play 
poker and uses stakes countries. It's not out of the question. You remember me talking to you about the woman I knew who worked at uh, McKinsey and had to go take a, Columbia was one of their clients. Columbia. I don't mean the university. The country of Columbia. So we're having problems with our infrastructure. Private U.S. company, can you help? Private U.S. billionaire, can we help? Use it, says the fox. No sooner than he becomes a company man than he starts saying, oh, Joe Gain is okay by me. You should note that Ho Jogan hasn't expressed any need for help from anybody. Let me tell you a story about Steve Buscella. He used to play baseball, I think, for the Houston Rockets. No, that's a basketball team. What is Astros? Sorry. I don't know. I'm not a baseball guy. And I've told you a story before. I'll keep it brief. I'm at a party. I have a self-made shirt, turtleneck, if I remember correctly. I used whiteout and I wrote circle jerks on the shirt. They used to be one of my favorite bands. Steve Buscelli sees me at this party, comes over and thinks he's going to macho me into some kind of fear response. Grabs me around the shoulders. Go, hey, what's your name? What he doesn't know <laughs> is that I've taken a huge amount of what we like to used to call the dreaded. And that's as far as I'm going to go with that. I'm seeing a lot of purple, if you know what I mean. And also when he puts his arm around my shoulder, he can feel a not certain substantial amount of muscle underneath. So he decides to, instead of, and I'm not responding with fear at all, my chakras are all open. And so instead of, instead of he uh, focusing on me, he turns the aggression outward and picks Mitali Bose. That was her name. Say, come over here, come over here. And then he starts ritualistically trying to humiliate her. She said, my friend Eugene and I would like to have a circle jerk, like on his shirt, on your face. Would you be into that? Now, I was horrified. But I was also mindful of the fact that the only reason that Middley came over, if I had said, hey, guy, come over here. She, no way is she going to go with that guy. But the handsome, blonde, and blue-eyed Aryan guy who's trying to, of course, she came over. Said, Welcome to America. Dude was a hostile fucking prick. Did I stop it? No, I didn't. I didn't participate. But I did not stop it, not out of anything and not out of fear, but out of a morbid fascination. Just watching it all unravel around me. People being shitty to each other for ill-defined reasons. This guy struggling with his repressed homosexuality. Function of alcohol, college parties. Presumably all these people were Stanford students. Izzy. Nobody asked. Joe didn't call you and ask for any help. Nobody asked me if I'm just a witness. Whether like Vander Holyfield said, whether you walk, whether you take a poop in the ground or do whatever, doesn't make when you're poor, nobody cares. That was a full line, which I love. But Joe hasn't asked for help. 
doesn't particularly seem to need the help. But this is the thing. This is the suck-up thing. The sausage suck-up thing, you know? And they, the camera goes on Sean O'Malley, and people cheer like crazy. God damn, you're stupid. I wish I'd had the sound down for that. And like somebody mentioned, like Mr. Is, and it didn't hit the table. And hit the table when Francis is talking. This is the Cal Scalic effect because all you got to do, it, it's a broken field at this point now. Start giving a few of the top guys some cash to keep them quiet and they're out. Barreled. Under the weight of sausages. You know, there's a great scene in, in uh, 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 Opus Pistorum. Either that or Tropic of Cancer or Black Spring. Who can remember? Henry Miller's book where he, he, he's, he's got a friend who's a wealthy artist and he always likes to drop by his house at dinner time. And Van Norden kind of stops at one point and says, Henry. Henry's like, yeah. He goes, man, it pains me to see you sitting there like that. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I'll tell you what. Henry's like, yeah. He goes, could you leave and come back in an hour? I'll be finished eating by then. Easy. You're my pal, huh? Says Francis Ngannou. You're my pal. So, you know, I got you. Money has a great leveler. Money changes things. Money makes a man funny. And that funny has to do with a guy who's now like, hey, you leave, you leave Joe alone. Joe needs all the Negro friends he can handle right now. I don't give a fuck about Joe. <laughs> Yeah, I don't give a fuck about Joe. Joe, you, you know what? I Again, I don't care about the weeds. Like the guy, hate the guy. You want to worry about somebody, you worry about me. Ever sympathetic. Because <laughs> I don't have 150 mil to, to, to go home to cry on. All of these motherfuckers with, sorry, all of these fuckers with their, uh, with their, you guys get more money than God. Shut the fuck up. And how you've been able to find the red, find the red, find the red. Ledger domain, working class, being your fans blows me away. Type, I understand. Yeah, well, he's like me, but, you know, he's like, but, you know, we get high, but, you know, but he's got 150 mil on the low end. Give me shit about you. So Izzy, so I go into this Izzy fight, and, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. He went to get help. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, Izzy already goes to this fight. And I'm a little irked. I'm a little irked. You know, I'm a little irked that Izzy Izzy is being kind of Izzy-fied. I'm just a little bit irked, okay? And, 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 but whatever. I still like the guy. I, I still think he's been touched by God. Usually that expression means that somebody's crazy. But in this instance, 
you know, I think I'm seeing something special when I see him fight. I never, like a lot like Johnny Boney Joni, I never felt like he had to d- dip down more than 60%. And I never felt like, even though that fifth round shot that he got from Whitaker, I never felt like, he said, he didn't say yeah, that was a solid shot, it hurt. I never felt like, um, you know, uh, 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 um, oh, hold on. I, got, I, never, I never felt like he was in danger. I don't know why anyone cares if Izzy stands up or does it for Rogan. Uh, hey. You know, hey, because you know why? Because I'm not paying attention to the weeds. That's why I care. Wherever there's a big guy pushing around a little guy, I'll be there pushing around a little guy. And you know who's next to me? Izzy. That's kind of funny. Except I don't have 150 mil. I'm just doing it to be a suck up because I need the money. What do you do? What does a man do when he doesn't need the money? That's where true character is revealed. Whole Joe game doesn't need your fucking help. The company, and then they asked Dana, they say, oh, the bald one, they say, well, uh, where, oh, where, Hogan was, the whole Jogan was here. Oh, it's not bullshit. He did, he, we didn't ask him to step down. It was a good PR move. Wait a second. It was a good PR move, not because it was yielding to sensibilities, but it was a good PR move because it underscores the narrative that our guy is getting it. We got to, you know, look at their after him. They almost got him. I want you to picture in your head this image. You can do it at home. What? You got to understand, like I said, the one of you in the Twitter machine, I've thought more about scrambled eggs on the day that the guy asked me, then I thought about whole Joe game today. More about scrambled eggs. There, how many, how many fight, uh, fighters in the UFC? Three hundred seventy-five. How many of them felt the need to to rush to the defense? I know guys who are pro fighters who are friends with whole Joe game and didn't feel any special need to come out and defend, dude. One night, Jake and Gil. I've told the story before too. Walking in the mission in San Francisco, some Berkeley football players bump into them. And the Berkeley football players go, hey, gonna say, excuse me. <laughs> you know, the guys that were not Jake and Gill just sat down in the cars, which should have been assigned to the football players, but they didn't get it. And Jake, it literally took about 13 seconds for Jake and Gill to dispatch these guys. They didn't need the help, nor did they ask for it. Now, I know a guy whose girl, a guy, this guy, his name is Bill, who went to a bar in a bad part of town with his girlfriend, who was, you know, a fairly comely young woman at the time. It was a bad bar full of bad guys. And the bad guy starts pit, starts start pitching shit at his girlfriend. Now, my friend Bill was a bodybuilder, but he wasn't a fighter. So the better part of that, his friend, let's call him Ben, decides to stick up for the girlfriend. Say, guys, don't you leave her alone? <laughs> why, 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 why don't you leave him alone? Well, the Samoans with pool cues beat this guy with pool cues. This is the guy who was telling me about the story. And I said, what happened? 
probably goes and do anything. So I go back to Bill and say, hey, Benny said, you didn't do anything. And it happened so fast. These are just guys I see in the gym. That's why it's happened over days. So then I see Benny and I say, hey, Bill said it happened too fast. And he's like, they beat me for 15 minutes. The girlfriend was trying to help out and yank the pool cue beating Samoans off, dude. I think Bill had gotten for help. Who needs enemies? You don't have to say anything. That guy, Ben, didn't have to say shit. Not my, no dog in his hunt. Stood up for truth, justice in the American way. <laughs> Look what it got you. <laughs> I learned my lesson the hard way, which I mentioned in the Substack piece. That's when my, my New York attitude crystallized 100%. It doesn't really violate my sense of fair play what's happening here. Therefore, I'm going to go back to my drink. Yeah, if it violates your sense of fair play, maybe you got to pull out your gun, you know. But otherwise, not my business. I got so I got a drink I got to get to. Like the guy in Coney Island who chased down the purse snatcher, got stabbed with a rusty screwdriver, and then the woman had 40 cents in the purse. Yeah, yeah. So, so... uh so Izzy already, and then, so he did a perfectly workmanlike job. But I just wanted to explain to him and to the world why people were booing him. It's sort of why people were booing Johnny Boney Joni for the last few fights. It's sort of probably causally connected to Johnny Boney Joni saying, you know what, I need, I need to be in a place. It's not like his fight picking is any less astute but I need to be in a place where, where part of the framework is inherently exciting. And I need to fight my way up versus to keep them to keep them down. Of course, you know, of course, Whitaker, that was maybe the saddest part. He did, he's entitled to do a little whining like he did, like he didn't under, I was surprised by a lot of things. The judges scorecards, really? Watch the fight again. Maybe you got two, maybe you got five, but you didn't get all you didn't get three rounds, bro. That's fantasy thinking. So you were an executive gatekeeper. That's fine. That's not a bad place to be. You hear the prick out there lighting up his tires? I gotta put up with this day and night. So um I, you know, no, I think, I don't think that's too harsh. I think dude's uh, executive, I mean, where does he go? Ask Diana Ross. Tell me where the road turns. Tell me where the road turns. You know, you're going to have to make that mid-course mid, mid, mid course correction like, uh, like, uh, like Holloway. Say, you know, it's not about the belt for me at this point. I just want to fight exciting fights. That's a smart move. But you got to win those exciting fights. Now, next up seems to be Jared Cannonier, and Jared Cannonier fights Izzy. Izzy is not, I don't believe he is, un, he is unbeatable. I don't believe he is unbeatable. 
And I believe people are closer to figuring him out than they were ever close to figuring out Johnny Boney Joni. People got as close as they did as Johnny Boney Joni because of their awareness of the significance of the moment, not out of any specific skill set. And maybe an understanding that that Johnny Boney Joni wasn't going to knock you, had no one knockout punch power. You know, the point at which when I was a bouncer and I realized, uh, um, I realized that, uh, I tell you, I realized that I was talking to a judo guy, we're talking about it, and we both realized that we had never knocked anybody out. And work after that, <laughs> we were probably not the, uh, I, I, I don't know, we were probably not the best bouncers after that. Because at that point, we were looking for an occasion to knock somebody out. Like, how could we be, all the fights we've had, how could we be like, how never? Like the last one where I slapped that guy in Belgium and took him off his feet. He, you know, I talked about walking up on the guy and I would start boot party and the guy's saying to me, no violence, no violence. He was conscious. And not only that, I don't believe I've choked anybody out either. They usually tap. This makes you, put you in a bad frame of mind. But Johnny Boney Joni has never knocked anybody out. Yes, he did choke out Leo Machida, but so what do you have to be afraid of? So I think he put himself in a situation where the format and the form, the set and the setting will help him in a way that he hasn't been able to help himself. And I'm not even talking about help is a use is I'm using the wrong word there when I talk about help. I'm talking about maybe getting his head in a place that he's excited about fighting again because of his air of risk and danger. I mean, you keep in mind, we're talking about a Hall of Fame guy. If you're a Hall of Fame guy at a young age, where does the road turn? How's it get interesting? It's my friends who've hit when they were young. I'm watching them go through a certain amount of agita now. What do you do? How many hip hop records are you gonna make? What are you gonna do? I mean, versus somebody like me who's Oxbow <laughs> shows. You know, you know, some guy came to an Oxbow show who's my age. He came with his daughter. You know, somebody came, we played the Off Festival in Poland. They were, a guy came with his daughter and his granddaughter. <laughs> now, okay, Mick Jagger, but Mick Jagger gets a lot of money for being Mick Jagger. How much does it get being you Robinson at Oxbow or Boonwell? I don't do it for the money. <laughs> I don't do it for the sausages. Okay. <laughs> All right. Whatever. No, this art, I like it. If I wanted to golf, I would go do that. I don't like to golf. I do jujitsu, I do this. Okay. But that's not why, that's not why, <laughs> yeah, it's true. But that's not why we're peckish. And that's not why we're pissed. It has to do like the flow of a show. They're going to music show. Really, what we're responding to emotionally is the, the co-main. Because although we knew it had to go that way, we didn't like it having to go that way. You know, however, what I what I what I is a line that I've seen in movies. It's kind of meant to score underscores some of the world's best fiction for some that based on um, based on ills. 
that Julius Caesar, um, uh, that Julius Caesar knew he was going to be assassinated and played part. It was played a willing part in that assassination. All right, there was some rumor that that was the case that he had suffered epilepsy. Keep in mind, epilepsy two thousand years ago. People were like, what the fuck? You'd be set by demons. You don't know. You know, it's not manageable. I had no medication. Or that he knew somehow that he was failing and he wanted to go out like a soldier. This is a rumor. I don't know if this is the case. So he knew he he knew that 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 Bruce or like Frankie Pantel Pantangeli in Godfather Part Two. It's like somehow the nobility of being able to choose your own exit. We knew that it was gonna be the tie to Ivasa. We knew somebody was getting knocked out. This was not gonna, this was not going to be, there were no surprises in this fight for anybody. Yes, Derek Lewis taking people down, that was a surprise. But it shouldn't have been a surprise. It's mixed martial arts, not that much of a surprise. But him taking that forearm shiver to the face, and what was significant to me, and what I thought, I don't know if anybody who hasn't fought, paid attention to, it's in, always interesting to me how people deal with the chaos factor in being hit. Because I've seen a lot of different re- reactions. I've seen surprise. I've seen the Josh Koscheck thing when after the, the match was over, people were booing him. And he, I've seen hurt, like, like, but a different type of hurt. And I'm like, ow, my face hurts. But like, feelings were hurt. Like, you hurt me? I've seen that. And what I saw in Tai uh, Tuavasa is what I really like. And that's like, uh, <laughs> You know, that raw animal thing of like, I'm going to attack. I've been attacked. Now, now we've got something. And he got hit. And rather than go, that was hard. It was like, oh, yeah. You know, this thing. People just listening on some old baseball bat thing with one fist on on, on, on uh, top, of the, uh, top of the other. Go ahead. Like, there are those guys. I guess I have to say I was one of them. A buddy of mine, we got into a fist punching contest, which sounds like a weird way to phrase it, because you would punch with your fist. But I mean, we were punching each other's fist. And I'm a terrible guy to play chicken with. Or like Mike the Cop today, the other day said, I'm not playing any games of gay chicken with you. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm a terrible guy to play chicken with because I'll kill us all. <laughs> I just, just FYI, just FYI. <laughs> you know, if you say, oh, this race, hey, like hey, rebel without a cause, this race to the edge of that cliff, I'm lighting a cigarette. We're going off the cliff. I'll take my chances in the water below. <laughs> I'm not stopping this thing, you know. Like I told you the story about hey, who, who could jump down the most stairs. I can. Let's go straight to in the. I thought uh, this, is, this is a big, bad idea. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> landed one. Probably all my leg problems today are probably from that. So he came back and it was like bang, but a bang, but a bang. It was it was good. And that forearm. That forearm shiver, that was solid. And somebody was 
it was suspect that he went down and somebody mentioned in the comments as well at jujitsu some guy was like you, go, you gotta oh john nash said i don't care don't care today he was like i didn't really see no you i don't know what you were watching if you were watching with your eyes but you got to go back it wasn't it wasn't some some more mystery punch that was a whole and it wasn't even like he turned much of his body but this is a 265 pound guy it was right here and you know lewis wasn't out for that long but he was out for long enough probably what we needed to have happen was a herb dean was maybe the wrong ref for this fight steve mergliata would have been a much better ref for this fight because he is not stopping shit now but that means that we would have seen um a lewis take unnecessary damage and he's not diminished at all but i think what it is and Tui talked about it best it's the passing of the torch You know, I mean, do we get to see? Do we get to see Lewis and Tui Vasa too? I don't know that Lewis is going to ask for it, and I don't know that the world needs to see. It was pretty conclusive. There wasn't like thirty seconds from the end of the third round, but it was entertaining. So how about this? So now Ty goes from eleven. Maybe he takes Lewis's spot at three, or maybe Lewis goes to five and Tui goes to eight, and he fights a couple more cats in heavyweight. They need something to have for heavyweight, and they need something to spackle over what's going to be the impending departure of a Francis Ngannou. At least Francis Ngannou has somebody in his corner now who could help him out, his good friend Izzy, also known as Iago. Yeah, man, you should be, you know, the bald one. He's got, you know, he's got your best interest at heart. What's that you're eating there? Well, don't worry, that's filet mignon. But anyway, he's got your best interest at heart, man. He's got my best interest at heart. Yeah, yeah, he's got, he's got my your best interest. So you don't, don't, don't worry about that. You just go, you just do what you got to do. Sign the deal. Did you read the contract, Izzy? Ah, contract. Sign it. He'll fill in the parts later. Come on, friends like that. So, so I think if you're if you're kind of slightly irked, it, it, we knew it was coming, but just because it came in that way doesn't mean we're going to be happy about it. It was kind of a drag. It's kind of a drag, you know. Not to mention that having to see these people drink. I mean, I guess maybe some thinking is that if you pour alcohol in a shoe, that uh, that it'll kill the germs there. I'm like, oh yeah. Hey, bro, I do jujitsu. That means I have to look at other men's toes way more than I'd like. Those same toes that they put in shoes, sometimes with socks, sometimes without. I'm not drinking shit from there. I'm sorry. I've done a lot of disgusting things, but not that. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Cannoneer and, and Brunson. <laughs> Well, Brunson went Brunson. He's a, essentially a Neil Magny with a better sense of humor. Not a gicta, but a gict. I picked Cannoneer to win. Also, incidentally, I smashed John this week. John Nash, it should be noted. Let's take a minute out. John Nash, if you listen to Care Don't Care, if Steph doesn't cut it out, had a super interesting Saturday night. He thought a friend of his had been murdered. Called the cops. Told the cops, I think my friend has been murdered. 
and he John wanted to spend some talking about I wouldn't have it. <laughs> you know, he's called cops because I think my friend's been murdered, and the cops are like, ah, ah whoa, 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 what? you have a body? Well, no, that's the thing. I think that the she met some guy on a dating site, and the guy was really sketching. I'm just like, yeah, what do you what do you want us to do about it? Come on, what do you come what ain't that big? Yeah, was offended. It's like, come on, these guys, come on, what do you what? It's like I remember calling the cops, seeing guys robbing stuff from a car, and the cops are like, yeah, and what? Well, you want us to send Columbo out? <laughs> you do your job. I am doing my job. I answer the phone. If you say there's an officer down, then you'll get some action. <laughs> but so John, John was a fan. He was as a diversionary tactic to forget about the fact that he drew, drew up the little red caboose and by I came out number picks. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Winning is a habit. And this is what I had in my pocket, incidentally, if you were wondering. Do you see this? It's the Joker. <laughs> it's the Joker. So, um, so uh, Cannoneer and Brunson. I mean, you know, Cannoneer just. Uh, I don't know. It killed me. I mean, there's a certain. The one of the commentators was saying he hates to wrestle. Based on a comment that he made before, it's like I really strongly suggest that Jared Cannoneer watch the fight and listen with the commentary. Because whoever you fight next heard that. Now, since your next fight will probably be against Izzy, then you, you got nothing to worry about. Uh, um, but but I just enjoyed seeing. I, I just I just enjoyed seeing Derek Brunson's son. I mean, the thing is, you know, keep in mind. I call him uh, uh, Neil Magny with a bit of sense of humor. Keep in mind Magny's losses. You know, you can win in a wonderful fashion like Brunson, or you could lose in uh, no, you can lose in a wonderful fashion like Brunson, or you can lose in an excruciating fashion like like Magny. Yeah, yeah, Izzy had the he he snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. How do you go from being cheered, win a fight, and then leave to booze? <laughs> in Houston. <laughs> it's not like it's not like this was down in New Zealand or Australia or someplace like that, you know. What kind of constituency does this does Whitaker have in Houston? Huh? Come on. Yeah, Whitaker did not win that fight, but you know who else didn't win that fight? Izzy. Jesus Christ. Man, these were unforced errors all along. You know? These are really uh, I mean, hey. You know who kept his mouth shut? Kamaru. Kept his mouth shut. It's not my business. Wait for it to play out. Now, you know, friends, you might get kind of cranky and say, hey, Duke could have helped. He didn't. No, no, no. You, you got to understand. The guy's got stuff to consider. That's fine with him just standing there. He's got stuff to consider. Fine. But to get see that guy get stand up in his chair and walk all the way across the room, company guy. Yeah, let me quote the bad brains at you. Um, and in the end, you just may see 
that what you receive is what you gave to me. Somebody was making fun of me at jujitsu because of my back being all gimped up. And I was like, keep laughing. So it was like, oh, you got to get him back for that? I go, I don't have to. This is a worm that turns all kinds of ways. You do this long enough, you're going to get injured. And when you do, I'll be standing there. <laughs> Say, hey, remember that time I was injured? You remember? And the, and, 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 and then you, you, you made fun of me. And then the, and the, remember that? <laughs> so yeah, Bobby Green. Bobby Green, as long as Bobby Green holds out, Bobby Green will hold out. This thing with it, a lot of his act has been has been borrowed from uh, f- from the Diaz's, <clears throat> not because he's not creative, but specifically because he is creative in both in the way he uses it and how it advances his fortunes in the cage. You understand, Keith and Curry, I think he got a shot, but he's counting on the fact that he's faster than the other guy to always win that race. There's a point. At the age you certain point at which you can discover, like I used to say, why do I need light days when I do body with bodybuilder? Every day will be a heavy day. Not realizing that when your body says, you know what, after multiple signs, maybe you should take it a little easy on me, then your body says, Okay, you're not listening. Fuck you. <laughs> I guess the next week will be light days. <laughs> don't you don't have to get there. Start adapting your fight style for the expectation that you will not always be this fast. But that seems to be a real defeatist way of thinking. Let Bobby Green be Bobby Green. I was really happy with his win. Arlovsky, if when some locates jump, <laughs> the black hole of darkness, whatever die that is, he's using, uh, I, I, this is a man who's comfortable with his gatekeeper thing. You want to get taken seriously as a heavyweight, you got to go to him. That's a great place to be. He's not taking a lot of damage, seems to be enjoying it, his identity. If I met that guy at that point, I was like, you know, it's stay on the talk about my, you know, old day. You don't have to keep talking about how old I am. We all know that I've been here since UFC number 25. Just drop it. Just drop it. You know, yeah, just just, just, just drop it. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, Roxanne uh, fat her last fight, and everybody's like getting waxing all misty about this. Like, who gives a shit? Well, somehow missed that she had some huge fan base, the happy warrior. So, fuck. Now, there's a certain amount of local politics that the interviews haven't spent time in the Bay Area. The guys that train there didn't like her. They're, 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 well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna write. I'm. I don't know. But Casey, and I don't know. Casey O'Neill refused gloves and shake hands and like flipping a double bird at the entire. You guys can fucking kiss my ass. <laughs> I have to say, Casey O'Neill. I don't think her skills in the cage were that great, but her strike rate was incredibly high, and I, I'm digging on her act. In general, I like angry women, so <laughs> even better if they're fighters. I don't like to be involved with them in relationships, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, I like spirited spiritedness as a quality and flipping off the entire Houston, Houston Dome, the Toyota Center. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't as funny as Ally Quinto, but Ally's got to go, so, you know, 
Um, and I have to tell you, while I'm though still entertained, your connection is unstable. Please wait while we try reconnecting. I don't know what that means. I guess that means maybe you can't hear me now. I'm going to keep talking with the expectation that you can. But uh, was got yeah, okay. The grandfather and the woman with the 400 pound fight, whatever Russians are doing over there in Russia, that shit is absolutely crazy. But what I like, what I actually like is the thing that they're doing with the uh, face-offs where there's no Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, or the bald one there. Yeah, I know. It says it's bad. And I, what can I say? I can't. I mean, I'm in a situation now where I can't cable it in. So, because uh, the kids started yanking on the cable. So maybe I'll just wait. Just start your faces. <laughs> it's glitchy. Well, this, this is the first time it sent me the notice that the connection is unstable. Please wait while we try reconnecting. It, 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 you either can hear me or you can't. Is it glitchy so you can't hear me at all? Uh, give me a sign. In the, then I'll just clean the pipe until I get a sign. It's th I'm still seeing the thing. Connection is unstable. You know, as you might imagine, I don't, yeah, I don't live in a house with really thick walls. So, um, so I don't understand why the Wi-Fi, it's like, I, I think if I open the Wi-Fi, it's like a Flintstone thing. You know, the two, two cockroaches inside. Uh, I'm imagining it's all the people who want to watch the Super Bowl or something, but there's nobody else on my network except for the wife, and she's putting the kid to for a nap. Or maybe she's running some video or something. I don't know. But uh, but all in all, mostly if you had switched up the order somehow, I mean, you would never have had Tui and, and, and Derek leading out the main card. Yeah, I can't move any, I can't move shit now. Right now, I'm 10 feet away from the Wi-Fi. You know, I can't be in the middle of the living room. It's thing, I don't know, man. I gotta, I gotta. I mean, I, the only other option is to switch the day and do it when the time when the kid's not home. I can just sit back in the living room, but it gets complicated. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm complaining all the time. I, it's, it's, it's Xfinity. I'm complaining all the time. And of course, anytime you complain, it's like Dr. Nika in Catch-22. You leave the tent with purple gums and purple toes. I go to complain, then I end up with a $300 a month bill. There, it says I'm back. It says I'm back. <laughs> you know, I end up paying for a bunch of shit that I don't, that I don't need. So, um, so, I mean, the snoozy feeling that you get, you know, the snoozy feeling that you get with this fight, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know how you change the order. Look, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me explain via Pulp Fiction. Now, before the end of Pulp Fiction, you know that John Travolta has been shot to death. Right? In terms of film dynamic, that was a down point. We generally liked his character in Pulp Fiction. Seeing him get shot to death on, on, the, on the fucking toilet was, you know, but that's not how the movie ended. The movie ended with him walking out of the diner with uh, Samuel Jackson with that upbeat surf music. And they were dressed in the shorts and the thing that they got from uh, Tarantino's house 
after they killed the kid. Connection's unstable, it's back again. So that in general, while you knew intellectually that he was no longer alive by the end of the movie, you were happy because you saw that at least from the end of the movie as you saw it to that that had some time. You don't know. Is it a week? Is it a month? Two days? Hours? You don't know. But having that Derek Lewis tied to Ivasa fight, it would have taken the only only way that fight gets rescued is if Izzy does magical shit. No, no. Pulp Fiction could get a prequel, but not a sequel. But at this point now, you don't really want to see Travolta, right? Certainly not an older Travolta. The the aging thing doesn't work. So Izzy Izzy could have saved Izzy's fight. Izzy did not save Izzy's fight. Maybe if you spend less time defending people who don't need to be defended and defending people who need to be defended, you'd be better off. I don't know. Just a shot. What do I know? I'm just a guy in a in a dirty sweatshirt with no pants on. <laughs> yeah, I got VD in Santa Cruz. Does that count? <laughs> Woo! Anyway, we're at the end of the show. If you haven't read the Substack, I suggest you read the Substack. It's free, or you could pay, but generally it's free. Monday afternoon, you got cared. <laughs> I smashed John. Me, I'm hoping Steph leaves in the murder story that he told. It's entertaining. That's Monday afternoon. Tuesday is if the shoes fit. And if I'm lucky, the third series, third of a series that I'm running for Wong Duty. The first two I've tweeted out. So if you follow me on at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, you've seen them. The first one was with Derek Walker. The second worst person was second installment was with Lena Dawes. Things work right, and I suspect they will. The next one will be Rob E. Lee. Robert E. Lee, a friend of mine named after the head of the Confederacy, and he's African-American. <laughs> so that'll be on Wong Duty Tuesday. Um, <laughs> uh, let me tell you, at the Sorrow Academy, we do that for free. Have you heard the ball song? preferably sung when I have my balls on the side of your face. And the song goes like this. Get ready to record it. The song goes, balls, 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 balls. And you bounce back and forth. So the articulation of one, the ball on either side of your face, is really perfect. It's really pretty perfect. It encourages you to move if you're ever in that position, unless you like, yes, balls on your face. So this is the end of two Zero, a th- three of the Eugene S. Robson show stuff. Yes, yes, that is fucked up. But you know what? It makes your jujitsu better. <laughs> it's a pirate ship. We can't train anywhere else. We can't, honest to God, we can't. You know, the, I told you, I would train other places in the effort of being normal. Just, I was exhausted. I was exhausted. I had to watch my P's and Q's. It was fucking exhausting. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. I have my last treatment for the heels Monday. 
think about me screaming. <laughs> there are bunches, there's, there's several segments of the teabag segment. Uh, I can't scream because the kid is now sleeping. She's taking a nap in the room that apparently the Wi-Fi can't cut through. So I'm just going to say it very quietly. Are you ready? Look what you made me do. Buy the Boonwell record February 18th. We'll see you soon. Don't die.